Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Roaring Twenties. Or rather, if you're over 100 years old, welcome back to the Roaring Twenties. The last time wrestling was talked about at the start of the 20s, it wasn't in the greatest of shape. Something needed to change. And at the start of the decade, three men would ring in those changes. Changes that assured at least another 100 years of professional wrestling. Let's go back to the beginning of the Roaring Twenties in the United States of America. A time of affluence, social change, and the Charleston, which is basically Flossing's great-grandfather. Don't even at me and tell me otherwise. Americans were moving off the farms and into big cities, spending a lot of money in the process. The motor car was making the country smaller. One in every five people by the end of the decade were driving. Jazz was all the rage, a genre called vulgar by some of the older members of society. Commercial radio was taking off in America as well, kick-started by Pittsburgh's KDKA in 1920. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us we are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching and how it is being received. Around 600 more radio stations would be on the air by 1929. You know what else was all the rage? Not drinking. Prohibition had seen every tavern, pub, and bar closed down nationwide. If you wanted a bevy, you'd probably have to chat to your boy Al Capone, the Chicago-based gangster operating the majority of America's underground and highly illegal speakeasies. Uh, gin Ricky, please. So where was wrestling in all of this? It was hanging on in there, shall we say. People now knew about wrestling's predetermined nature, and it had become a bit of an elephant in the room. Rather, it had become two elephants in the room, putting a headlock on each other for several hours. Audiences, now disinterested in wrestling at this time, started seeking entertainment elsewhere. Whilst the audience had cottoned on, wrestling acted like it hadn't. You see, kayfabe was still valiantly protected in the same way that you would try and hide a surprise birthday party if the guest of honour had seen you wheeling the cake into the kitchen earlier that day. While some long matches were still able to grab the audience and hold them, a lot of fans had grown tired of seeing the same old matches from the same old people. The lack of legitimacy took away the sense of jeopardy. To fill the now empty seats, wrestling needed a new way of thinking. Our story begins with Big 
Billy Sandow. Born Wilhelm Bauman, previously known as technical expert young Muldoon, the name he was best known under, Billy Sandow, was in honor of 19th century wrestler and strongman Eugene Sandow. When Big Billy retired from the ring, he wanted to pass his skills onto the next generation. Over his managerial career, he would guide the likes of Everett Marshall, Jumping Joe Savaldi, who was the man that first used the dropkick, and arguably his most important charge, Ed Strangler Lewis. Here comes Lewis, the originator of the rolling headlock, powerful punishing hole. Born in Wisconsin and wrestling by the time he was a spry 14 years old, Lewis caught the eye of promoter and trainer Sandow during a hand-to-hand combat training camp in the middle of the First World War. Their next encounter, however, was quite obstinate. Having booked Lewis to wrestle for his show, the young and brash Strangler felt slighted by Sandow's request to lose the match within 20 minutes so everybody can get the train home. The match became a shoot fight, one that Ed won with ease, and the Ed Lewis-Billy Sandow partnership was set. Strangler's strength and Sandow's brains combined made them a force to be reckoned with in and out of the ring. In fact, by the end of 1920, Ed Lewis was chasing then world heavyweight champion Joe Stetcher. They previously wrestled in 1916 to, get this, a five and a half hour draw. On December the 20th in 1920, however, it was shorter and sweeter for the Strangler as he dethroned the champ to win his first recognized world. Title. And he's hanging him. There he is. Lewis the winner. Despite his success in the ring, as we said, the 1920s were a tough time to be a wrestler. Sandow and Lewis knew that something needed to change and they needed some help. Somebody to come in with them to help change the shape of wrestling. This is where we meet farm boy Toots Mont. Born in Iowa in 1886, he and his family moved to Colorado when he was a young man, spending many of his formative years working down the mines. Toots was fascinated by the world of professional wrestling and struck up a discourse with wrestling star of the decade, Farmer Burns. Mont got into wrestling in the early 1910s, wrestling under the big top at circus shows. He had a knack for it, and he was clocked early on by wrestling legend Stu Hart and the aforementioned Farmer Burns. Burns would take an interest in Mont and start training him one-on-one. This would be like, as a trainee wrestler, Someone like John Cena offering to show you the ropes. It was a great honor. When Lewis and Sandow were looking for somebody to join their promotion, somebody who could hive mind with them, Farmer Burns put Toots Mont forward. A move that made wrestling history. So why was this triumvirate of Sandow, Lewis and Mont so important? All three loved wrestling and were really unhappy with the way the sport that they loved was declining. Audience numbers were falling, despite this being a really affluent time for America. I mean, this is prohibition. It wasn't like they were blowing their money getting drunk. Theatres were packed. Other sports like boxing were seeing record crowds as well. But partly because the world was more savvy to wrestling being a bit of a fix, there wasn't as much intrigue about it. Promoters would try techniques to keep wrestling feeling real. However, Sandow, Lewis and Mont wanted to try something very, 
very different. I'm talking wearing a duck costume to a wedding kind of different. They took the helm of a touring wrestling company and reintroduced the sport to the fan base, offering what they called slam bang western style wrestling. Now, what you're going to hear may not sound revolutionary, but in a time where wrestling matches were several hour-long bear hugs, this was basically a shot of adrenaline. The first thing that people noticed when they came to watch wrestling, slam-bang, western-style, was the show itself. The development of an undercard allowed for more storylines other than the feature attraction, which gave people a bit more bang for their buck. Under the guidance of Sandow, Lewis and Mont, extra matches were added, some with storylines and long-running rivalries. I want to take you back to March 29th, 1922, the St. Louis Coliseum in Missouri. It was cloudy, mild, we, we still weren't drinking. Yeah, you had to go to the show to see Ed Lewis versus Jim Londos. It was the hottest feud the company had at the time. And they wrestled in a 90-minute, two out of three falls collision. However, on that show as well, you had a half-hour war between Al Wassam and Chester McCormack. And on top of that, you met the mighty Boris Dementroff, who absolutely decimated Omar Baker in three minutes flat. <laughs> Audiences hadn't seen anything like it, so they went away and told other people, and more people came along. As for those guys on the undercard, well, they were all given full-time contracts with the touring company. This was used to create brand loyalty, not just for the wrestlers who are now working exclusively for our three lads, but for fans as well. Oh, and also, it helped establish dominance among other promoters. You see, by signing away these guys to exclusive deals with them, it meant that the other promoters couldn't get their mitts on them. It didn't make the other promoters happy campers, but... Sandow, Lewis and Mont were so busy putting on shows that they didn't have time to find a single stuff to give. This was an early version of what Vince McMahon would do to the territory system around the 80s. Very effectively, I might add. I mean, that's kind of why we're sitting here chatting today. Once on board, the wrestlers noticed something else very different in this particular promotion, and that was the wrestling. We look to the vision of Toots Mont for that. He'd taken control of the matchmaking and the booking and was gently encouraging everyone to be a bit more creative in the ring. So no more of these four-hour headlocks that put you to sleep before the last train home. No, no, no. Mont actually would spar with the wrestlers early on in the day and help them develop some new moves help them work on some big finishes. I'm talking shocking stuff like a suplex, a body slam, or even a clothesline. As I said, this isn't mind-blowing stuff in 2020, but in 1920, this was practically black magic. It also meticulously choreographed the finish to the match adding impact, drama, and suspense to those closing moments. The audience would go on a journey through peaks and valleys before getting to the big finish. Mont decreed the wrestling is now seen as fake and boring. So they might as well try and make it fake and exciting. 
It was a very successful formula. Audiences started piling in to watch slam bang Western style wrestling. A renewed love for professional wrestling was in the air. And that was down to the wrestling champion, Ed Lewis, his business manager, Billy Sandow, and the matchmaker and booker, Toots Mont. Marcus Griffin wrote a book all about these three called The Fall Guys, The Barnums of Bounce. And it was Marcus Griffin that would be credited as the man who first named them the Gold Dust Trio. How would this newfangled style of wrestling be treated not just by a growing audience, but by the peers in the wrestling industry? I guess we will find out next time on Wrestling in the Twenties. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Podcasts from.